0: In the dark. This podcast will self-destruct in ten seconds. My name is Jay.
1: And I am Leslie. Very nice callback to Mission Impossible. I had to think about what the show was.
0: Four, three, two, one.
1: Now, in the in the show, I think like every time it self-destruct, there was always you know a little bit smoke so they always had to do something like I think one time he was on like a fishing boat or something he just like pushed it overboard or like I forget I know like in the in the movie I think uh John Voight like, lights a cigarette I always kind of found that funny because the cigarette smoke and like something burning plastic burning two different smells
0: but you know what's really funny huh when I did that opening I wasn't even thinking of Mission Impossible you want to know what I was thinking about what Inspector Gadget.
1: Oh.
0: <laughs> you know, he's, he always, like, read the little... His chief, the chief of police, would, you know, pop up out of a trash can or a mailbox, hand him hand him this note. He would read it, and then he'd crumple, he'd crumple it up. He was like, P.S., this, you know, this message will self-destruct in five seconds. He'd crumple up and toss it back in the bin with the, with the chief. My question was always... One, why is the chief of police hand-delivering this message to a detective? Two, why is he still in that trash can?
1: Well, there was one time where he was, like, in a sewer or something. And he was hand- handing it through a grate. I remember that.
0: Oh, he, he had all kinds. I think there was one where he did it from a telephone pole. And, I, this is, I think this, this is beyond this man's station, I think.
1: I completely forgot about Inspector Gadget. Even though we were just talking about Inspector Gadget... Before we record it, started recording. I didn't even think about that. Like when I hear this, will self destruct. I totally think about Mission Impossible.
0: But next time, gadget.
1: <laughs> You're so good with impressions. So how's your week been?
0: My whole week's been same old, same old.
1: At least you had a day off. It's true. It was nice to have do something different. Uh, we're recording this in mm, end of February. So it's been really cold lately really cold in some of the parts of the country very cold yeah but yeah nothing new with me either i think it's been one of those weeks where kind of staying in staying cozy getting doing chores basically okay then my story tonight is we're heading towards louisiana and we're going to talk about there's a couple of names it's the grunch or the grunch road monster and as I was telling you earlier, I cannot believe I'm doing another cryptid. Like, I'm not really big on cryptids, but I will admit, this is an interesting story.
0: They do draw them, draw you to them, don't they? They really do. Told you. <laughs> okay. You didn't believe me. You were like, Jay, I'm just not that into doing cryptids. They're just not that interesting. Now look at
1: you. I know. I'm all about the cryptids now. So like, let's 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 get some sea monsters in here. Let's get some you know thunderbirds. Let's do this.
0: Just look at yourself.
1: <laughs> okay. So the Grunch Road Monster. The Grunch Road Monster. It said it's a cross between a canine and reptilian chupacabra. Bravo. <laughs> Thank you uh, for our listeners. That was probably about my third time, fourth time, sixth time saying that word yeah i can't think
0: it was kind of sad people it was really like like watching a train wreck in slow motion
1: i don't know why i got chewbacca in my head
0: well everybody likes chewy
1: yeah but this is not chewbacca this is a coo (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) okay i can't even say it now if i point to you can you say it because i i got chewy in my head now (laughs) i don't want to keep okay so the descriptions vary when they describe the monster. So one article I read, they talk about it being a goat-like being with leather, leathery or scaly black gray skin, with sharp spines, with long horns or quills running down its back. You know why I'm? Mean? It's kind of like I'm thinking of. I I kind of like porcupines. You know, I think of it like spikes like that when I think of the grunge.
0: Oh, Sorry. So it sounds like it's just like a really gross Sonic the Hedgehog.
1: Yes, yes. You know what? That is actually what I had in my head. But then, you know, I started thinking about is, have you ever seen the movie um, Lady in the Water? The M. Night? Yeah. Yeah, that's who did. Is that what they were called in
0: there? Crunch? No, I don't think so.
1: Huh, I'll have to let that, but like, as I was reading it, it's what it kind of sounded like, because you know how it was supposed to be, spoiler alerts, the monster is supposed to be grass, and so that's why you don't see it until it comes up right behind you, and so I kind of was getting that picture in my head with these spikes, especially because it was like leathery and gray skin. It also says it stands to about three to four feet, and also able to open doors. They're described with a howling-like wolf voice, and a strong stench. Their eyes glow either a red-orange or a blue-green, so kind of like a remnant of fire. Mm. Some think they also have black wings or a very long coat, and uh, with that coat, they have goat-like markings in gray-silky in the gray-silky black coat. So, it's like, it, it, to me, almost sounds like, you know how, like, a calico cat will have, like, three or four colors? I feel like These things will look almost bat-like, but be hairy like a goat and have the colors of a goat, and then even some say like a goat face, like the long face. Another site describes the Grunch as legs of a goat, size of a large man, and it describes them as a pan, but without the flute, I guess. They all agree that they have sharp teeth and claws to rip their prey now the legend of the Grunch is said to be around since the louisiana purchase the name of the creature was given because of the road the creature was seen on Grunch road many claims have been on this road saying it's been in this parish it's been over here it's been off of this land and it seems like the sites i've read i don't know if everyone just took from the same site But it seems like the location is agreed upon that it might be, they know it's, the legend was in eastern New Orleans in some remote part. They suspect now it's it's became Gannon Road of the Little Woods neighborhood. So I'm not quite sure where that's at. I don't know if it's like a parish or like a little county or even a little, a little town off the New Orleans path. But it's where a lot of people are claiming that's where the Grunch Road used to be. Now, wherever it was, the many sites agree that the road was a dead end. And it had was made of the shells and the sands, scant shells and sands, it says. And there were woods all around and at the sides and at the very end. So, it sounds like a very creepy road lane that is pretty classic urban legend. You know what I mean? Sounds like it. Now, so the legend goes... If you're traveling down the road at night and you see a goat, you don't want to get out of your car because when you do, the monster will attack. And then, unlike other chupacabras, chupacabras, bravo, thank you, the monster will drain you of blood and your organs all through a single hole. Which I think they. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. And again, I'm not really into cryptids. So, a, ch- a goat sucker, basically the chubacabra they attack goats, or do they just look like goats and attack other creatures? Mm,
0: well, they attack livestock and stuff like that.
1: Ah. But you know what it
0: sounds—you know what it sounds like—the way that they make it sound in this one, huh. It sounds more like a—it sounds like what it does, it sounds more like a spider. You know, where they Ooh. bite you and then it—it it, the venom like liquefies your insides and then just.
1: Oh, a spider. Ooh, how very Stephen King. So okay, it, well, he he can't have that one. That's mine. <laughs> that one's yours. Okay. Right. Well, another nickname that this used to also be known and associated with was the vampire of Farborough, Marjorie, and Bywater. I hopefully I'm saying that correctly. Sorry if I am not. And that legend was dating back to the 1800s. There so there's a basically story of this cryptid and then it is talked about when people disappear down roads. Like, if you said, oh, I think one of the stories I read, like, someone was saying, like, her husband never came back and they were, he was traveling down this road and so suspect that maybe he got out and helped a goat on the side of the road and it was actually this creature. There's, you know, the stories of people seeing the goat on the side of the road and be like, nope, I'm not stopping, and then just taking off. And... It seems also is kind of one of those things where it was used as a punishment in a sense of the people who lived off the road just want to be left alone and said, don't go down there. If not, you'll run into this, you run into this monster. And it's also kind of a way of like, yeah, just leave those people alone down there. You know, it's remote. They don't want to talk to you. Just shh
0: a whole family of grunches down there
1: Exactly because of that this legend has so many different little parts to it so you have that it could be this vampire Fairborough. you have that it was around since Louisiana Purchase. and you also have a possible origin story with the legend. So with this legend there's another legend within it's like it's like a nested doll. Here's another legend based off of their legends basically based off this legend. This legend, I'm switching gears, is about the famous voodoo queen, Maria Laveau, and the legend of the devil baby. Now, this legend goes that a woman having having six daughters wanted her seventh child that she was pregnant with to be a boy. And because of that, she went to the queen. But because Maria did not like the husband, the rumor is that she cursed the child And saying that basically he, she didn't want this. It's going to be a boy, but it was going to be a curse. And when the baby was born, the child had red eyes, cloven hooves, claws, and a tail. I think uh, a la Jersey devil in the leads. I
0: was going to say, like, sounds very similar.
1: Yes, exactly. So devil baby has many faucets. And they, it has its own legend of, of it escaping and it being seen in quarters. And it even has its own original story about, like, the mother giving it up because it, you know, kind of like the Leeds, kind of like the Jersey Devil. But within this legend, so that's that's another legend we're not going to go down that path, of Devil Baby. But because the Devil Baby was, I guess, very well known, According to legend, they spin off. Marie Laveau castrated the devil baby to stop him from reproducing and spreading his evil. The bloody testicles fell to the floor, and once they did, they turned into a male and female grunge who then attacked the voodoo queen. The vicious bikes, the punching, this wild animal, monster, almost killed her, and then she fainted. And when she awoke, the devil's, sorry, not devils, but the devil baby and the grunch were gone. Almost as if they went their separate ways, kind of like, okay, we took care of her, let's go. You stay in New Orleans, I'm gonna go find myself a nice quiet road, dead-end road. Of course, I will mention that the timing is kind of off because the queen lived, Marie Laveau lived in the 1800s And I think uh, I read it was like 1801 where she was born. While the Louisiana Purchase was in 1803. So if she was born in 1801, she would have been, you know, four when this scrunch was, the story started getting around. And then the vampire story. So she was, you know, the story was been around longer basically than she's been, she was around is what I'm trying to say. But it is kind of fun origin story.
0: Marvel should pick it up.
1: Seriously, right? And because of there's so many different, uh, not descriptions, sorry, descriptions. There's quite possible that them, right? Maybe there are two cryptids with similar. I mean, because how many Bigfoots and you know, kind of like slash, like you know, ape monkey like creatures are in all these different woods. You know, we have Bigfoot, we have Yeti, we have a Abominable Snowman, we have the Skunk Ape, we have the Wood Devil, we have, so maybe it's a similar creature, but just two different names.
0: Don't forget Sheep Squatch.
1: And Sheep Squatch, how can I forget? That is the legend of the Grunch. I just thought it was fun that it was, <laughs> like the legend also was like, well, you know how the Grunches came about? This other legend. It's like, oh, I love that there's like, it was very Marvel-esque where it was like a nice little spin-off.
0: Next, we'll be talking about how the grunge stole Christmas.
1: You know what? I was waiting for you to say that. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's just waiting for a golden opportunity.
0: And it presented itself so deliciously.
1: <laughs> well, uh, that was mine. I have a feeling we're going to stay in Louisiana.
0: You would be right, Shia. <laughs>
1: I don't think that's your best Southern gentleman, Louisiana impression. Who are you trying to go off of? I
0: don't know. You don't like that? I guarantee.
1: See, I like that one. The other one sounded like you were a little, like, having a little too much port.
0: You could just go to hell, Leslie. (laughs) May the grunge take you. (laughs) So, yes, like you said, we are staying in good old Louisiana, because who would want to, right?
1: I actually would love to visit Louisiana. Chris went for a conference one year to New Orleans, and I really wish I had time off where I could go with him.
0: New Orleans, the big easy.
1: It is on my bucket list.
0: Mardi Gras.
1: I think I can do away with Mardi Gras.
0: Well, now, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we are staying in Louisiana, and we're going to be talking about the curse of Julia Brown.
1: Sweet. That's a good story. I don't actually know that much about it.
0: For those like Leslie who are not in the know, Julia Brown was a voodoo priestess who resided in the town of, if I'm pronouncing this right, Frenier, Louisiana, around at the turn of the century, or turn of the 20th century. She was also known as Julie White or Julia Black. Uh, she lived and worked with the residents of the town of Grenier, which was one of the three most prosperous and only settlements. In the other two including uh, Ruddock and Napton, which were clustered on the edge of Lake Pontchartrain.
1: I'm so glad, you know, you're doing such a good job with these names. I'm so glad that you're much better than I am, because if both of us were bad at these names, ugh.
0: We couldn't do this podcast, <laughs> right? So Julia was known for her charms and curses, in which she used them to help the vill- help the town's people, and stuff like that. The town sustained was sustained by a large cypress tree logging operation. And cabbage farming. Fascinating stuff that cabbage farming.
1: I, I like are... how it was very diverse. Like, okay, over here I we know. got our forestry and over here we got the cabbage.
0: Makes it easier to remember what you're known for, right? <laughs> so the railroad the railroad of the town was is the was the town's lifeline, which brought, you know, groceries to the town from other locations and also hauled the lumber and produce from Frenier and the other settlements to the main town. Big towns. They had no roads, no doctors, no electricity, and no fun. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm sure they I'm sure they had something they could do for fun. All of this helped them help this tiny little town kind of become like a self sustaining, consistent community, basically. All that changed on September 29th of 1915, when a massive hurricane swept in from the Caribbean in Frenier alone, the storm surge rose 13 feet with winds of up to 125 miles per hour. There were people in that town who sought refuge in the railroad depot, which collapsed and killed 25 people. There were 300 total dead in Louisiana, 60 from Frenier and Ruta alone. It was a big thing.
1: Yeah, man, that was that's crazy.
0: Now, going back to Miss Julia Brown, we'll f- forget the, the storm for a time to- for a spell here. And again, like I said, Julia Brown was known to for helping out the townsfolk and things like that. You know, she was a healer. That's what voodoo priestesses are mo- mainly known for in their communities as being spiritual healers. And after a while, though. Julia Brown started to feel like she was being taken for granted by the townspeople. They didn't respect her as much as they used to. You know, she used to be a big deal. Now it's kind of like, you know, there's crazy old Julia Brown lives up there in her little farm plot she had up there by by herself. And she also had a charming little pastime of sitting on her front porch and playing her guitar and singing creepy little songs that she made up off the top of her head. One of the most memorable and more disturbing songs that people heard her say included the lyrics, One day I'm going to die and the whole town with me.
1: Don't know if it would be popular today. Don't know if it would have that jingle.
0: Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe if you put some, like, you know, like some, you know, a nice beat behind it, you know? Little little beat bots. Yeah, that's right.
1: You know what's funny? So that is the, that is the part I've heard is is her and her song. And that actually uh, is probably your source, too. I think that came from a local oral history project. Like, there was people who actually, I guess, like, their grandparents remembered her doing that. I mean, 1915 really isn't that far away for some generations.
0: So it's about 100 years.
1: Yeah, that's what, only two generations, maybe? Three?
0: Tops? Thereabouts. Okay, so... Again, she had this creepy little song, One Day I'm Going to Die and Take the Whole Town With Me. And it just doesn't really work, does it? On the day that she died, which was September 29th, there were many who showed up. Many gathered from miles around to attend Brown's funeral. Uh, the funeral was scheduled, Julia had been placed in her casket. As the casket was lowered, into her permanent residence the storm started well the storm had been building up as per her warning and by the time they had lowered her into started lowering her into the hole the storm had become so violent that the crowd left the house where the funeral was being held in a stampede abandoning Julia Brown's corpse
1: poor Miss Brown
0: poor Miss Brown indeed this was on October 1st. All three settlements were completely destroyed, leveled, down to the ground.
1: That is crazy to think that she would sing this little song. And the day she died, her funeral, the storm basically leveled out the three communities that she used to help. Uh, That's
0: weird. And the storm seemed to come out of nowhere. But some say that it it was the wrath of Julia Brown after feeling... So dejected and taken for granted by the town that before she died, placed a curse on the town, which tied in with her little ditty that she sang when she died, she took the rest of the town with her.
1: And it is kind of interesting to think about that something like that would happen, like the storm, and then people kind of like days later are like, hey, that storm was like wild. Do you know who else used to sing about storms? Kind of like you wonder if people just kind of attributed that to her because of what she used to sing about.
0: No one knows, because there were no survivors that for that from that storm.
1: Well, no, there had to be survivors because they have people who remember her singing the in local histories. Well, I guess there could be people who moved out of that town and then. You know, they survived in the sense they didn't live there anymore.
0: They survived in the sense that they, like, got out of Dodge before that before that storm hit. Who knows? You may be right, though. Maybe, you know, they always say, oh, there's no survivors. But then it's like, well.
1: Where did the story come from?
0: In the words of Jack Sparrow. No survivors. <laughs> Where the stories come from, I wonder.
1: But it is funny to think about, like, creepy funny, kind of like that it's those three.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's another point of view. There's a, uh, a modern-day voodoo priestess that lives in Louisiana uh, by the name of Bloody Mary, catchy title, who believes that Julia's song was intended more as a warning to the townsfolk rather than a curse, saying that Julia was known as you know, a helpful, amiable person and not really the revengeful type.
1: See, I like that story. Now, I I saw BuzzFeed, Supernatural, and I think their season two or season three. Their last couple episodes were in New Orleans, and I think they meet Bloody Mary because they go to the Voodoo Museum, and she looks like like she was really cool, and I like that take. I, I really do. I think if she was trying to warn the town, like, hey, guys, when I die, you know, get out of Dodge. And it was one of those things where after it was, it, it, it feel like it's one of those things where uh, when she dies, there's a storm. So if she was right and she was clairvoyant and she saw that, then they, other people were like, "Oh man, she didn't do enough for us to warn us to get out of town when she died. It's like, well, what else do you want her to do? She was singing you a song. She was telling well, you.
0: Bloody Mary believes that, you know, Julia Brown may have also even attempted to do a, uh, incantation of some sort to stave off the storm but wasn't able to complete it before you know it actually got there
1: that's interesting I like that take you know I mean a lot of times we do a creepy like "Ooh, isn't that creepy did she have that power to bring down the storm at her death but I actually I kind of find that a little bit more believable that she maybe was more in tune with something and if she was being given a message saying like you know there's this great storm coming but all i know is it's going to hit the day that you know unfortunately that you're put to rest and she doesn't know when she's going to die so it's like hey this is what i heard you know someone's telling me this i mean what what else are you supposed to do like you're kind of if you're the voodoo priestess and people come to you for these things and you're telling them listen in the little song, listen, you're going to die if you don't get out of town during, when I die. Well, it's like, oh, Julie, oh, you. And then blame her after the fact. That that kind of sucks that they blame her after the fact of cursing. Maybe she was trying to, you know, warn them away.
0: And there are still people to this day, if they go and take the tours around Monchonk Swamp, which is near the area where the towns existed, Sometimes they claim they can still see Brown cackling at the edge of the water, but that was the curse and the legend of Julia Brown.
1: I do like that. I do like the other explanation. I mean, because it's creepy to think about someone cursing, but I like that there was another positive kind of spin on it. Indeed. Very good. I like that story, Jay. I really do.
0: Thank you. You can thank Becca for that. She gave me that one like a while back and I hadn't really used it yet so
1: I know she suggested doing voodoo and I will admit I have a problem with names and I didn't want to be disrespectful because a lot of the names I can't say and I thought I was safe with a cryptid but it's one of those things where I really want to make sure I tell the story and give it justice And I just did not want to mess up on the name. So, But I really had a great time researching a lot of the stories. I might have to come back to New Orleans and do another, like, creepy story. Um, Chris bought me a book when he was down there. So I'll have to read it and see if there's anything interesting in it. Definitely. Okay, well, um, I guess that's uh, it. You want to take us home? Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. No home. No home. Okay, well, uh, I guess it's time to do our legendary listener shout-out.
0: Take it away, Leslie.
1: This week... We're going to the West Coast in the U.S. And we're going to shout out to our listeners in Eugene, Oregon. Thank you guys so much for listening. It's so exciting to see new listeners pop up on our statistics. And thank you for sharing, for reaching out to us. We love talking about this stuff. And I really can't wait to, to hear from more people.
0: Leslie mostly just likes to say the name Eugene.
1: Eugene, I don't, I don't know why it's so fun to say Eugene. Eugene,
0: Eugene,
1: Eugene,
0: Eugene. Eugene.
1: You don't have another verse.
0: I don't know.
1: <laughs> Wait, why didn't you take us home?
0: Well, this has been another successful and exciting episode of Legends in the Dark. My name is Jay,
1: and I am Leslie.
0: Your purveyors of the paranormal, your curators of the cursed
1: <laughs> nice
0: we bid you all a good evening and
1: good night
0: good night